This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. From baseball's top personalities. The great Chris Russo joins us once again. To the game's top players. Joining us is the All-Star. Matt Chapman with us. You never know what stories you're going to hear. If you make your way down here, I, I might be able to make some time and go out there and see the great Chris Townsend. This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. Welcome to another edition of A's Unfiltered with Chris Towns, and we're going to have three Oakland A's for you, starting with the right fielder, Steven Piscotti, and then the fireballer, the left-hander, Jesus Lazardo, and then Mark Kotze, former A, now on the staff of Bob Melvin as the new third base coach and also working with the infield defense. But we're going to start with the right fielder. It's the A's week of giving. Here's Steven Piscotti. Steven Piscotti joins us here. Steven, how are you? It's been a while. It has been a while. I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Uh, I bet. Let, I'm just going to tell you, we, we just played Adam Eaton. Um, don't hang up on a radio station. It's not a good look. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> not, it, doesn't, it doesn't go over well in the end. But uh, so, so have you been since the uh, end of the season? I've been good. Um, you know, just at home, a little bored, not a whole lot going on. Uh, other than the training, haven't traveled or done anything really. Um, but I'm healthy and my family's healthy, so we're we're doing just fine. Yeah, and it's A's week of giving, and I I know as a as a local guy that means a lot to you. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, last year Marcus and I got to you know visit a bunch of places and um, you know meet a lot of people and, and do some cool things in the community. And obviously with uh, everything going on, it's not really uh, doable this year. Um, so we're kind of missing out on that for sure. Um, but I'm sure, you know, hopefully next year we'll be right, right back to it. Um, but it is, you know, we've done a few videos and a couple things trying to, uh, you know, spread some joy and some cheer into, into people's lives right now. And hopefully we're doing that. Yeah. And I, and I think that, you know, more than ever in a time like this, uh, if, if there's anything anybody can do, you know, from the A standpoint to help a family, to help anyone, I mean, it's just, you always want to, ha- you at this time of the year, you always want to give back, but it just seems extra special this year because so many people need some love and need some happiness. Absolutely. Um, it's been a challenging year. Very, very challenging to say the least. And, um, you know, we're almost, almost to the new year and can, uh, kiss 2020 goodbye. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to, uh, you know, do that. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are, are hurting right now and so anything we can do to help um you know we feel like that's our responsibility to do when you look back at 2020 and it was only 60 games but sure felt like way more than 60 and then the run through the postseason when you've now had time to reflect what do you think about the 2020 season i mean it was unique you know that's that's kind of one thing that you know, sticks out you know it was just um a really weird, um, you know, season, you know, the, the protocols, everything we were having to do 
you know, just to get into the ballpark and, you know, our routines were all thrown off and, um, you know, traveling was different. You know, it was just, we had hall monitors in the hotels. Like it was just, it was just a strange, strange season. Um, but I felt like as a team, um, everyone that, you know, got on that field competed their heart out. Um, I don't think that lacked in, in any regard. And it was, um, you know, a successful year, you know, to get, you know, there's another step uh, further into the playoffs. Um, but it was just a, a strange season. I mean, shoot, I remember the games we were playing, you know, when the smoke uh, was coming into town. Yeah. We had a one o'clock game, you know, under the lights because it was just the sky was brown. It was incredible. <laughs> so it was just like weird things like that sprinkled throughout the season. Um, it was just really strange. Yeah, you know, trying to tell everybody, you know, what you guys are going through in the travel party. I mean, just think at one point you guys were worried about whether you would be in in, in the line of the hurricane that was heading to Houston. Luckily, it didn't get to Houston. and It went north, but there was almost we're going to have to deal with a hurricane. <laughs> yeah, hurricane. Um, you know, we had the one COVID you know, positive test and had to, um, you know, shut down for a week um obviously we had the, the games that we um you know didn't play um that we you know in a sense protested and um you know there was a stretch there i think we went you know almost a week without playing a, a ball game and then had to make them all up you know later um so it was just a a, a crazy chaotic season um i'm you know very fortunate to be a you know, part of that, you know, that's one we'll, we'll not forget anytime soon. Um, but I'm just really hopeful that we, we return back to normal uh, coming up here for, for spring training and beyond. Yeah, and one of the reasons why, you know, we're all crossing our fingers for that is you still have a very good ball club and you have one of the better ball clubs in all of the game. And I think this is going to be a season where you're going to have certain teams that are in it and certain teams who are going into some type of reset, rebuild mode. And everybody that I've talked to and hearing you today, it's like you understand how good you guys can be and what you've learned from last year you can carry into this next season. And you have to believe, Stephen, you guys are one of the teams that's going to have a shot to win it all. Absolutely. Um, like I said, we, we gained some more experience you know, last year you know, going to the playoffs. Um, you know, we won the division. That was a you know, tremendous accomplishment. Um, you know, I think each year that I've, you know, been with the club, things have just gotten better and better. And I don't see any reason why that's going to you know, stop, you know, progressing in that way. Um, so I think it's, it's an exciting time, um, to be part of this, this team. I think it should be an exciting time as a, as a fan, you know, this, this club, you know, wants to win. It's going to do everything they can. So what's the key for you this off season getting ready for 2021? Um, you know, there's a few things that, you know, from an offensive uh, standpoint, I'd like to, to work on and, and clean up and, you know, I'll spend some time, um, you know, go, you know, working with, with Darren Bush, you know, our hitting guy and, and sending videos back and forth, um, you know, trying to get a little shorter to the baseball. I felt like I got a little bit long, um, you know, last year, it was it was a tough year. I felt like I had a great you know first month, and then um, you know kind of ran into a, a classic uh, slump towards the end. And with only sixty games, you don't really have a time, a whole lot of time to uh, to correct that. Um, and so I look back, you know, generally 
um, with some positivity with some of the things I did. Um, can try to build off that and and uh, improve where I need to improve. You know, they've always had that cliche back of the baseball card. I just got a feeling that we're not even going to look at 2020. Like you're just going to skip from you're going to go 2019 all the way to 2021 because you know it, it. How do you really judge any of the numbers when it's only 60 games? Yeah, I mean, when you're used to playing, you know, 162, and then it, it's condensed down. Um, you know, the sample size is obviously just just smaller, so you're going to see you know some you know crazier and, and bigger swings or um, you know margins of error on, on certain statistics. So um, it was we all knew that going in, um, but you you know you know, like for me when I, I still look a bit you know my batting average at the end and it's 220 and I'm like it still doesn't feel good. I know I didn't necessarily get a whole season, but it, it didn't you know feel good. Um, but I felt like there were some um, you know, stretches during that season where I felt, um, you know, it was really, you know, helping, you know, contribute and come through, um, for the ball club. And, you know, those are the things that I try to, uh, to remember and, and think of, uh, uh, more often than the, than the negative. Hey, you want to talk weird. I don't know if you got to see this, but obviously your alma mater, Stanford, Stanford football has been one of the premier programs now for years when a lot of big games, bowl games, mm-hmm. uh, they were practicing at a park, a Division One Pac-12 school. Did you see those pictures? I have not. I, I believe it. I have not seen the pictures though. I, I, you got to go see it because I was like, like you're like Stanford football is practicing at a park. I mean, it was so hard <laughs> to put your mind around that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, is that related to you know what is happening with the Niners and how they're forced to? What was the what was the reasoning there? I have, I haven't heard this. This is new to it, me. No, no, it's, it's it's Santa Clara County shut down all contact sports. So San Jose State, Stanford, that's why the 49ers had to go to uh that's why the 49ers had to go to Arizona. So basically Stanford and San Jose State and the 49ers will be finishing their seasons uh, on the road. Ooh, tough. <laughs> tough, tough, tough. Yeah, I just want to know if you saw that because it was just so interesting uh, to see that. But, you know, once again, thank you for everything you do because every single year you've been been with the A's, you've been very good. And uh, uh, the local guys, you take a lot of pride in being a local guy, and, and we all respect that. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, that means, that means a lot to me. So happy have, to do it. have a good Christmas. Stay healthy. Happy holidays. Have a good New Year, and we'll talk to you in 2021. Be well with the family and be safe. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, too. I always like having Steven on and our next guest. Well, he's the future ace of your Oakland Athletics. Here is Jesus Lazardo. Jesus Lazardo joins us here on A's Cast Live. How are you? It's been a while. I'm good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. You know, the last time we talked to you was actually, um, as we saw you in person, was when you were at the A's offices down at Jack London. You came to our, our little cube to do an interview. That that just seems like forever ago. Yeah, it does. It does, it does feel like forever ago. I feel like I lose track of time nowadays. Yeah, I know. We've been thinking about, you know, uh, reflecting on the season, looking forward to uh, 2021. We talked to the skipper, Bob Melvin, earlier today. And, you know, I'm going to ask you some of the same things I asked him. I mean, now that you've had time to – step away from the 2020 season when you look back at it what was it like for you 
Uh, I mean, I would say it was it was extremely uh, stressful, but at the same time, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, even though we were going through the whole pandemic deal and and all that stuff, that was kind of a distraction. It was at the same time, I feel like it brought us closer uh, as a team, uh, feeling as we all had to go through it and kind of leave our loved ones behind. So, uh, I mean, in that sense, it was good. But at the same time, uh, it was extremely stressful throughout the year just because of all the unknowns that we had. You know, it was only a 60-game season, but how many games did it feel like you actually played? Uh, I mean, in games terms, it did. I mean, it didn't feel like 60. I would say it felt like a little more. It felt like probably half the season. Um, but in terms of just days, uh, you know, there there were some days off, but they still felt like forever because we were just sitting at home. So uh, I felt like the season went lo- went a longer period of time than, than normal. So when you when you talk about uh, the A's and, and what we're going to be doing for the holidays here, and it's just very important to uh, really spread a lot of holiday cheer amongst the East Bay and the A's week of giving, what does that mean to you to be a part of it? I think it's extremely important. I think it's a blessing, uh, you know, to be on a team like the A's that are doing so much and, and giving back so much to their community. Uh, you know, I think that's great. Yeah, it's it, it's a very special time because you know I, I know you're not in California. Uh, we've actually here in Northern California, really all of California, we've gone back to to lockdown, um, and I think it's just going to be very important that A's fans get to, to get get to hear from you guys because I think it's going to mean the world to them as people aren't going to be able to really do much these holidays. So good on you and the Oakland A's. I think it's, it's a very special time. And I think at these times uh, people need, they need a little holiday cheer. And I think you guys can provide that. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that, uh, you know, we're all excited for it and, and I'm happy to do it a hundred percent. You know, anything to, like you said, uh, cheer people up. If that's what they need. You know, if that's what, you know, if having us there, uh, whether it's hearing us or virtually, uh, you know, it, if that cheers them up, then we're happy to do it. You know, each year of your career, you're going to learn something and you're going to learn something new. W- what are you taking away from this short season 2020 as you're in the off season? What did you learn about yourself? I mean, I definitely learned that, uh, so for me, I was I felt like I was kind of searching all year. Uh, I was going between different grips on my slider, and I felt like my mechanics were a little off from time to time. So I learned to, you know, when I go into season, I need to be already locked in and have everything set, uh, you know, not going into spring training, kind of still feeling things out. So when you're in this off season, take us through, like, when do you start throwing? When do you start throwing off a mound? When do you, you know, we, we kind of, I mean, let's be honest, we really don't know what spring training is going to look like. There will be a spring training, but how how do you take yourself through the offseason? Yeah, I mean, I, I started throwing uh, about a week ago, and then I'll just keep, you know, progressively building up uh, probably until first week of January is when I'll get off the mound and then, uh, you know, take it slowly there until we know what date we have to report at. How much conversation – will you have with Scott Emerson throughout the off season? Uh, probably weekly. Yeah. At least a text weekly uh, phone call here and there, but we definitely keep in, in contact and uh, you know, he keeps close tabs on us. Well, I, I got to think you're just chomping. I mean, all every, every ace player I've talked to, every coach I've talked to uh, even Bob Melvin today is, 
you guys got one goal, and that goal is to win the World Series, and that's what the expectations are. Uh, how much do you think about that during the offseason? Uh, I would say every day. Uh, you know, you go to, to work out. You know, every day I feel like we go in there and we work out, and there's always a goal. And at the end of the day, the goal for us is to win a World Series. So I feel like that's what we're all looking forward to, and, and that's our goal throughout the offseason and going into the season. How many uh, guys are you, are you able to work out with? Uh, where I go, I mean, I go to a facility up here in Jupiter, and uh, they kind of break them up into groups. So we're not in too many groups because of the pandemic. But, uh, you know, we, we do have a lot of guys in that gym. They just happen to separate them up in times. You know, we, we, when, when the season ended, we got a chance to talk to Liam Hendricks. And uh, he was like, Florida? versus the bubble you guys were in was like, like was like a whole different world. What was it like leaving the bubble and going back to a, a regular, you know, going back to regular communities? Yeah, it was definitely different. Uh, you know, being in the bubble, everyone felt so safe and so comfortable. Um, you know, especially after we were in there for like three weeks. So after like two weeks, we were extremely comfortable around each other and all that. And then now you go, you come back home and, you got to go to the supermarket and you have to remember that, you know, COVID is, is still a big thing and uh, you got to be careful. So I felt like it did take a couple of days to adjust, but after that, I mean, I feel like I uh, got accustomed pretty fast. You know, you, you mentioned about how you guys uh, developed such strong relationships. You, it, it was already a very close clubhouse, but obviously being in the bubble and being in hotels and not being able to leave hotels and, you know, you guys had to be around each other more than ever before. Just talk about how close this team really is. Yeah, I mean, I, I 100% think that we did get closer, uh, even though it was already a close clubhouse. Like you said, just being in hotels all the time, not being able to leave. Uh, you know, we were kind of always hanging out with each other at the end of the day. Um, you know, whether it was all together, sometimes it was the pitchers, sometimes it was the hitters. And then for the most of the time, we were just, you know, all hanging out um you know being safe and all that but at the same time you know spending time together because uh you know that's that was our only way to spend time really so i think that this that that created this clubhouse and it made it you know it took us to where we got this year and i think about one of the strengths heading into 2021 is the starting rotation i mean you look at the year that chris bassett had uh frankie montas and sean Manaya, and on and on and yourself i mean just just talk about your group because I think what that when when we look at going into the season, that is going to be a major major strength for the team. Yeah, I mean, I think that we have a great group of guys, you know, that are that are coming back from next year, and I also think that we have, uh, you know, some arms in the minor leagues that are eventually going to come up and help us out as well. So I think we you know we have a great group of guys, and and I think that is a strength as well. Well, hey, we always appreciate the time. Happy holidays. Have a great Christmas. Uh, and we'll talk to you in 2021 as we get ready for the season. But thank you for everything that you and all your teammates are doing during this time, A's Week of Giving. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Happy holidays. Man, that kid has a bright future. And how about Mark Kotze? Great to have him back on the staff with Bob Melvin. Going to be coaching third base. Not an easy job to do. Obviously, Mark was a terrific A's arguably the greatest college baseball player of all time. Here is Mark Kotze. And Mark Kotze just joins us here on A's Path Live. How are you? It's been a while. It has been a while. I'm doing well. Just uh, surviving and, uh, you know, making the best of it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just so such bizarre times. But, you know, as Ray said, congratulations. Uh, how did this go down to where you said you wanted to be the third base coach? Well, obviously, you got to be asked. And, uh, you know, they, they approached me and asked me if I was, uh, was ready to engage full time. Um, you know, obviously, this last season with the, the shortened season and the, the bubble that was created um, in my role, I, I did serve a full time role. Uh, with the staff, uh, though it was an abbreviated season, it was probably one of the most difficult seasons uh, I've experienced in, in the 23 years of, of professional baseball. And, uh, you know, at the end of it, I, I assessed, um, you know, several several things. And, and one of those things was uh, whether I wanted to, to get back in full time. And, and as the A's approached uh, me with that proposition, um, I felt I was ready to, uh, to make that full commitment. And, uh, and here I am. You know, you're so right. I mean, I, I I know it was only 60 games, but it felt like it was like 180 games. I, I mean, it's, it's amazing how long the season felt. Yeah, it really did. And, and you know, we, we, we can't cry about it too much um, because we were blessed enough to, to be out there and, and to people are going through this period of time in their life where they're not given that opportunity. And, and so we took advantage of that opportunity, even though it was hard, uh, it was still fulfilling. And, and I think we also brought, you know, some joy to, to uh, the baseball world and, 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 you know, the fans that uh, enjoy our game so much. You know, a lot of people don't understand how much work you have to put in as a third base coach, because you've got to know, Every single outfielder's arm. You got to know how the ballpark plays. You got to know the bounces. You've got to know the the speed of your own runners. Uh, there's a lot of feel that goes into that. Talk about just how much studying goes into being a great third base coach. Yeah, you know I've been blessed to be around quite a few great third base coaches. One uh, that you'll be familiar with from the Bay Area, who was probably one of the best giant third base coaches, was Tim Flannery, right? Yeah. So. You know, um, Glenn Hoffman's another name um, that, that I was blessed to have as my third base coach. So there's been some guys that I'm going to mentor under and uh, and, and utilize uh, some of their tools. Um, but it is. It's a lot of studying. It's a lot of planning. Um, and there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, how much judging – you know, it's one thing when you're constantly looking at video of other players, but to really know the speed of your players. I've always thought that, you know, you know, let's face it, Marcus Simeon's different from Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman's different for, from Olsen and Pender. And it's just knowing your own player's speed and, and how are they running on that day matters. <laughs> it does. You know, sometimes third base coaches get booed when they stop someone, uh, when, when they're possibility of, 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 you know, sending them with a close play. And, and it's really the underlying uh, stop sign is from an injury or, uh, or, or a, a sore hamstring or, or, or whatnot. So there are times when you definitely uh, have other factors, outside factors that influence decision making at third base. But I think the biggest thing, Townie, is, you know, it, it's actually you're playing the game again. And, and it's been seven years since I've been on the field and in there. Uh, it's the closest position I think you can get to, to playing the game and you have to prepare like you're playing the game. And, uh, so, so a lot of that work is done, uh, pre-pitch it's done prior to the ball being put in play and, and understanding situation, understanding score, understanding who's on deck, uh, when all of those things are processed before the pitch happens, hopefully that makes it a little bit of an easier decision 
uh, when they're when they're coming full speed at you, and you need to decide whether or not to send them or or, or to hold them. So it will be my first time at third base. So uh, there's going to be a lot of a lot of little nuances I need to learn, and and uh, you know, thankfully, hopefully, we'll be in a full uh, schedule for spring training to allow me to do that. You know, it was uh, it was really long time ago when we. When we saw the the Angels went from first to third as good as anybody, and you saw just how many extra runs by being maybe not the most athletic, but fundamentally being great base runners, the Angels were able to score a lot of runs without having to hit the home run or get extra base hits. You remember playing against them, what that was like? I do, yeah. They definitely put a lot of pressure on the defense, and and that's something that comes from, uh, you know, their – their approach um, and and also um, you know their character um, they they utilize that as a strength of their ball club and and they really got after it and and I think that there is um, as you mentioned um, a lot of positive to to going first to third and and standing on third base with one out as opposed to standing on second when you know obviously there's there's so many different ways to score from third base. You know, when I, when I think about Bob Melvin, uh, now the longest tenured manager in the game, and you've now been around him, what's it like to work for Bob Melvin, to be around him and his leadership? It's great. I couldn't be more blessed to, to have this opportunity to, uh, to fulfill another role on his staff. Um, being with him since 2016 as his bench coach uh, for a year and a half and, and then transitioning to uh, quality control coach and now to third base coach, um, I've been, I've had a great opportunity uh, to stay here and to learn from Bob and and uh, and just to you know watch how he works and and as you said he's the longest tenured manager in in, in the major leagues and and that's uh, deserving and, and fitting for sure. You know the one thing that that I'm really looking forward to and I can't wait for when we get this thing started once again. You know you win 97 games two straight years, you have the shortened season, you win the division, and all the players that I've talked to this offseason, they just got a bad taste in their mouth the, the way the season ended. I just The expectations, it's like this, if this team now can really look at it, can't you say and go, you know what, it's about winning the World Series. It definitely is, and, and that, that mindset uh, is there with, these, with this group. As you talked about, this group is a special group. They've been together for a while now. Uh, they do definitely believe in themselves and, and, and were disappointed uh, to fall short of their goal this season. Um, but I know that they'll come into spring training ready to prepare and, and, and to, uh, to take that same approach and have that mentality that they want to be World Series champions. You know, I know you're also going to be working, working on the defense. Uh, just, just talk us through that with all the shifting and all the different things that, that people do, what, what you're going to be doing with the defense. Yeah, you know, I think we'll, we'll – talk about that in depth as we get closer to spring training uh bob and i've had two conversations and uh you know there's there's just so many of us on the staff that that are multiversed and and uh you know utilizing the information that comes down and and prepping ourselves and really being on the same page with with not just the infielders but but with the pitching staff and 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 tying in individual matchups uh collectively to to you know batter pitcher and where we position our defense and and you know, how we want to utilize our athletes. You know, we have two of the best corner corner infielders in the game right now that really shrink the diamond. So um, you know, there'll be a lot of time and a lot of prep uh, throughout spring training to uh, to get to really dive into uh, 
to the analytics of it, but also just to our athleticism and how we utilize these athletes to be successful and, and, and to really be at the top of the league and, and, uh, and defensive run saves would, would be our goal. You know, when you guys look at it, and I know it's changed over the years, but so much shifting going on, do you think it's important to go with what your best is as a pitcher, or is it better to pitch towards the shift? Well, that's a question for Scott Emerson, who's our pitching coach. But I, I, from my standpoint, if I was, you know, if I was to dictate it, it's to pitch to the, the pitcher's strength, obviously. Um, you know, utilize their strength and their batter pitcher matchups to get get that hitter out, and uh, and we'll align behind them to 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 the hitter's strengths and try to take away or, or make a hitter, um, you know, do what he doesn't want to do or doesn't like to do, and uh, and take away their strength. Let's end on this. We had we had Jim Callis on from MLB.com, and he covered you in college, and he called you earlier today on this show. He says you're the best college baseball player he ever saw. And we went back and looked at your numbers because I played against you at San Jose State. You hit 404 for your career. I mean, when you look back playing for Cal State Fullerton, winning the national championship, your guy's record was like 149 to 41 while you were there. What was your time like? Because it was truly magic. No, it was. I think that's the right word. It was magical. Um, you know, I felt like looking back on my career in college, I, I was walking on the moon. Um, you know, from the time that I got my first start, which which was in my middle of my freshman year, um, I really didn't look backwards. And, and, and uh, I enjoyed uh, not only just three great years of college, but built a lot of relationships uh, from that time there at Cal State Fullerton. And, uh, and you know, I watched a video the other night of, of our a legend, Augie Garrido, talking about our 1995 team and, and our mentality and and uh, and the group itself. And it was really just, you know, it, it brought back a lot of good memories. And uh, college was a great time. It was a great opportunity for me in my life and, uh, and one that I cherish. I, I was trying to tell Cody and our audience, like, you got to realize this guy's going three for four, hitting a home run, and then he's coming in from center field and closing the game out. And I was just thinking, now that we've kind of accepted that there may be some two-way players, do you think you could have played outfield and been a closer on, on a regular basis? Well, that's, that's funny because we were sitting around the other night talking about that with Trevor Hoffman, and he's like, Cots, I think you might have been able to come in uh, and close a game in the big leagues. Now they might have actually let you do that. And I and that was probably my biggest uh, disappointment in my career is I didn't get to toe the rubber in the big leagues because I did thoroughly enjoy coming in, getting those last three outs of those college games. And, uh, you know, the, the feeling, the excitement, the, uh, uh, just all the whole rush of, of being on the mound and, and closing a game out um, was something that I really did enjoy in college and, and unfortunately didn't get that chance to, to ever toe the rubber and throw a pitch in the big leagues. But, well, you know, we, we've seen – I mean, I wish Shohei Otani was healthy because he's, he's an unbelievable talent. But I just think, like, contract negotiations, if you're doing it offensively and you're coming in and closing games, what, what's your worth? I mean, you'd be worth a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, the way they evaluate and, and, uh, and, and assess contracts now or salaries, I, I think that uh, I, I may have benefited from, from the analytics uh, as a player – uh, especially from the defensive side, uh, the metrics that they reward players now for defensive runs saved. And I remember my 
Uh, second, I mean, the first or second year in the big leagues with the Marlins, I led the league for two straight years with 21 and 20 outfield assists. So I, I don't know where that would rank in terms of uh, runs saved, but uh, I, I would assume it would be up there. Hey, it's always great to have you on the program. Happy holidays. Congratulations on the new job, and we can't wait to see you. Be safe with the family, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for having me, Tony. I appreciate it, buddy. I'd like to thank Stephen Piscotti, Jesus Lazardo, and Mark Kotze. Now back to A's Cast, powered by iHeartRadio. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.